0: Hey there, Wedding Pro. This is Karen Hunt on the Celebration Pro Podcast. I am so excited to bring you all things to help empower you as a wedding professional and illuminate your dreams through confidence and connection so you can focus on your passion and celebrate all the wins. I've been in the industry over 14 years and as a former six-figure wedding planner and luxury resort wedding specialist, my passion is seeing other wedding vendors flourish in their business. As your personal Wedding Pro consultant, I'm popping the bottle and pouring you a tall glass of valuable topics from mindset growth to actionable income producing activities. We are breaking through that glass ceiling you've created for yourself to become the Wedding Pro you've always envisioned to be. So cheers to you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, Celebration Pros, so excited for our guest on the podcast today. We have Kira Wackett. She is a licensed mental health therapist specializing in shame and anxiety. She is the owner of Adversity Rising, a company who equips people with confidence and skills to write their own stories. Her work ranges from one-on-one coaching to corporate wellness packages with a focus on what she calls the anti-band-aid movement or resisting the quick fix in favor of doing the work necessary to make meaningful and sustainable change. The highlight of her work is her signature program, That Life AR, where she walks people through her five-step therapeutic process she believes can combat any pain point that comes our way because we all deserve to live a life in which we can thrive. Thank you so much for being here, Kira. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. So reading through your bio, like there's clearly a dense story that comes from this. Can you share a bit of your past and how you became such a specialized coach?
1: Yeah. So I, I think like a lot of people that find their way into the therapy room, into the coaching world, honestly, sort of any profession, we have some sort of connection personally in some way, something moved us, something affected us, we're trying to heal, So I am a survivor of complex childhood trauma, went through my own battle with anxiety disorders, sort of trauma triggers and reactions and navigated a system of, and and, you know, this was in the nineties and the early two thousands. So we know that we're still lacking in mental health. So even then Mm -hmm. it was worse And so just never really feeling seen. My mom struggled with what we didn't know was bipolar disorder. She actually didn't get diagnosed, unfortunately, until she was in prison and she was struggling with substance use, all these different things. And I just watched a lot of opportunities for someone to show up and connect. And that connection was missed. And there are these little ways, and I and I say that with kindness because I don't think people are malicious and intentionally avoiding doing the hard work, but I think there are so many opportunities in my mom's story and my story where people weren't saying the things that needed to be said or pushing in the places and the ways that things needed to be done. And that's really where the anti-Band-Aid movement comes in is, I think, for a lot of people and a lot of systems, it's how do we just get things at a baseline where we're not causing harm, we're not doing this, everything's fine. And we're sort of attuned to be okay with fine. Instead of thinking about if you're down in sort of the depths of whatever pain you're in, you don't have to come up and say, well, fine is great because it's a it's a new ceiling. It's a new space. We say, how do we get past that into thriving? So a lot of my focus has been on how can I be that person for other people to say the hard things that need to be said and then walk with them in it and to also see them as the authors of their own story. And really now with my training, my experience in shame, recognizing that shame being a universally experienced emotion that we all have, and it affects us every Mm -hmm. single day. It's really me approaching every single human interaction, whether it's professional or personal, recognizing the way that we're all coming in and trying to perform for acceptance and belonging. And how do we shift that narrative into showing up as our full selves? Mm-hmm. So I know it's kind of a long answer. There's a lot of details in mm-hmm. it, but but really kind of recognizing for myself that I spent a lot of years performing so that other people saw what I wanted them to see. Cause I thought that's what you had to do to be accepted. And as I got older, starting my own business, becoming a mom, it was all those same things. This is what you have to do to be a good business owner, a good mom, a good partner, a good, you know, blank. This is what you have to look like for someone to think you're healthy. This is what you have to, all the external appearance-based things and sort of the accolades that, are, that go along with that. And now it's, how do we think outside of that and sort of break down those systems?
0: Yeah, I mean- I could go in like 10 million directions with everything you just said. Um, uh, it, it's it's true. I think I, I'm super proud of you for using the word shame because it's such a bold word. And I think it will trigger just about anybody who hears that word. It's a, a mm-hmm. word I don't hear very often. Uh, and I don't think that it's it's used as a definition in this space and it 100% is right. Like you're saying what society tells us to do. We feel ashamed because we're not keeping up with the Joneses in one part of our life or another, but right. we don't want to admit that. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, this is, this is really great. And I think that uh, listeners are really going to be able to relate to what you have to offer. And I don't think many people are bold enough to be in your shoes to be able mm. to help others, which is great. Thank you. So I, I personally like to build, um, like I teach on building confidence and stepping out from behind your business and creating those relationships that can help you grow. But what I often see is the wedding pros in our industry uh, and creative entrepreneurs are constantly just rolling with the punches, settling for mm-hmm. far less than they're capable of or worthy of. Why do you think that is? I mean, I
1: think it goes right back to what we were talking about. I think it is the shame piece. It's, you know, so for all of us, my three-year-old is experiencing it right now. And I witness what happens when she feels like she's done something hurtful or she gets told that that's not okay. And she reacts with this almost she's mean after she finds out she's being mean. And it's a A way that her body's trying to defend against shame, because the threat there is a feeling like you're not going to belong, you're going to be rejected, you're going to be unloved, whatever that might be. And so, Mm -hmm. for all of us, we've been doing that our whole lives. Whether that was wearing the clothes that everybody else was wearing in high school, because that was what was in fashion and what we wanted to we wanted to fit in, or pretending to like the music that your friends did, or not giving. Having a preference when you wanted something else or saying when something didn't feel right. And so there are all these micro erosions of our authentic self in favor of the, the group, sort of the right. group think and the conformity aspect of it when it comes to running our own business. And particularly when you're in a service industry that is completely dictated by the number of likes and kind of the promotion on social media. And your reviews, you come into this with the idea that what everybody else thinks matters more than what you're doing and how you're showing up. And that there's sort of this fine line between wanting to be the person that says the hard thing, but you still need to get the five-star review. And that weight and that pressure is really, really challenging. I see this as an artist. So I started an art business and I noticed the instant I started selling my art I changed. I wasn't creating the things I wanted to create anymore. I started to create the things that sold. I started to say the things that other people wanted to hear. I started to do the things and it was subtle. It wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, I got, I have to paint for these people, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: everything starts to become about what somebody will purchase instead of about what feels good to me. And so I think for a lot of people, especially in the wedding industry, I think that we have Such unrealistic expectations with a scarcity mindset around budget and time and expectation. And then we offload that onto the professionals that we're hiring. And so we put them, we're setting them up to fail from the beginning because they have to read our minds. They're responsible for everything. And yet, here are all these limits that we're going to give you. So you have to figure out how to create magic. And I see this even with my hairstylist and we talk about how many times does somebody bring the picture in with an expectation of what their hair is going to look like when they walk out and you know, that's not going to happen. And what does that look like to say that to them and right. to tell them upfront, that's not going to happen, or it's not going to happen without X, Y, and Z. And so I think a lot of it is the fear of if I disappoint someone else, what's the ripple effect? All I think I wrote down as we were even talking, we're a review based culture I've done this for years. I've just recently, after I got a one-star review that was completely ridiculous and not and not like I couldn't get a one-star review. Somebody might really not like me or what I'm saying doesn't jive, but the review itself – I could tell was not about me. I could tell that the intention was to make me look bad and the person didn't know me or, or want to resolve anything. And I almost shut down my entire business because of one, one star review. And the more I thought about that, Mm -hmm. I thought, gosh, I wonder how many other people have gotten one star reviews and I haven't even bothered to read them. And I've made snap decisions based on some Google analytic or some Google number of what their review is. And I think that's the thing we're fighting against is if you don't get the review, if you don't make somebody happy. And so it's the slow erosion. You don't believe in this thing. It's a little bit cookie cutter. You don't think this really speaks to something. You're They're missing out on you have an idea, but it might be just outside of the box. You start to tell yourself to silence it and to go along. And I think that is where people become unhappy. Because they go into this wanting to change. I did that as a therapist when I came in. I want to change the way we're talking about these things and how this works. Mm -hmm. But it's really easy when the stream is moving so fast to get picked up by the current. And so I think that is the disconnect for people is we don't stop long enough to recognize that we've sort of eroded our whole sense of rooting in favor of the review and in favor of the external accolades and celebration.
0: Yeah. I um there was something there that I wanted to pull, and that would be you know, you were saying how when we come into this industry, there's so many opinions, and it, it's really any industry. You could put any entrepreneur yeah. onto this episode, any person onto this episode, mm-hmm. and there's so many factors that shape who we are if we let them. And then what happens is you're just like the next person, and right. because of that, you're starting in the in the business world. You're starting to gain clients that you might not necessarily even jive with. They're purchasing because you have, you know, the the next TikTok trend going on. And so, what happens when you actually do put out what you want to put out, what you feel good about, what your passion is? You start attracting those clients who vibe with you, and then. Mm-hmm that feels a lot better. Um, So that was something that I kind of pulled out, I think a little bit from what you were saying. Well,
1: and with that too, I think it's the idea of to do that, you have to release the scarcity mindset. I mean, again, I've done this from the art side. I've done this as a business owner and and now working in more of the wellness and mental health side of things. You have to believe that there are customers, there are clients, there are people that want to work with you. Because I think a big part of what you're describing is releasing that scarcity mindset. It's the idea of, well, if I don't get this person, if these clients don't work with me, who will? And -hmm. there's sort of this, you know, whether it's the silence or the time in between, we sort of get panicked if something doesn't work right away. So we start filling in all the gaps. And I think that's where some of that comes into play and saying, gosh, if you're doing this just to be like everybody else, like that's great. You'll get put money on the table, but you will hate your life. And part of starting a business for many people is wanting to create something that's theirs. And so I think it's the, the balance between owning that and also still recognizing that we need to make money. And it's needing to trust that being your authentic self, you will find your ideal client and you will have the money come in, but you have to stay that course long enough to create your roots. Because if you've been eroding your sense of self and doing these other things, you've sort of detached from where you're going to find your ideal client. You've been playing a game that you're no longer going to play. So you have to give yourself enough time. And again, I think that's really scary for people.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've been there. I'm there every day. I think it's something that we yeah. <laughs> have to constantly fight. Um, just trying to be, you know, the quote unquote authentic self and uh, you get that question a lot of what does authentic even mean and it, again in this world with all with all these different things shaping us it's it's almost it's hard to find your true self it that takes a lot of work to peel back the layers that have been placed on us yeah yeah um okay so do you have any tips that our listeners Uh, could start taking action today to kind of break through some of this shame or fear?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing for anybody to do when we're talking about sort of reframing our mindset is to accept that this is a part of your mindset. And so really recognizing that shame is part of your experience. Shame is a part of what's going on for you. You do feel a pressure to act or be a certain way. That doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you bad. It makes you a human. And so first, I think just sort of integrating that as part of your reality and then starting to... Kind of mine your past experiences for maybe pockets where shame has dictated the decision making. One of the things I think can be really helpful then is to do a values exercise to get really clear. And you could do this as a, a whole, thinking about your whole life or in your business, but getting really clear on your values and your why for running your business. And then really tying together how the decisions that you're making, the clients that you're taking, align with or don't align with those values. Because we know that values really work in opposition to shame. Values are internally rooted. They're focused on the things that we want to do and how we want to show up. Shame is, again, externally focused. The other thing that I really recommend for people to do, particularly, again, in industries that are really promoting or, I guess, founded on social media and and other aspects is to take a break from that for a period of time to stop creating content, to really, again, check in with why are they creating the content and what would it be like to create the things they want and then never look again at the analytics. And I'm not saying release that forever and that analytics don't matter. And we don't want to look at that. But again, coming back to Mm. a lot of that pulls us into the shame. That's why I took myself off of social media because I recognize One, from the mental health side, the effects it can have, but two, I can't engage with it without getting lost in the shame of it. It doesn't work for me. And so I had to be willing to say, I need to find some other way to engage with connecting with my ideal clients. How else can I do that? And so I think it really becomes less about chasing the numbers, chasing the clients, and really thinking again. If at the end of this year, I'm creating the work that I want to be creating and putting out there who I am and what I want to do, what does that look like? And how do I feel at the end of this year? Not how much money will I make? Not again, we need to bring those things back in later, but right now they're coded with shame. So they can't be a part of the conversation until we do some of those other pieces. So really, I think pausing again, saying, I have shame. This is a part of it. How has it maybe influenced my decisions? What are my values and how do I want to kind of reintegrate with them so that I can engage more authentically, taking a pause on all the output for a while, and then really getting clear on how and in what way can I show up that really does align with those things. So that at the end of the year, I feel and am the person that I want to be, and then kind of rebuilding those things back in of how do I get myself there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's so many like there's so much in this episode that we haven't really touched on on my podcast. So I'm very excited for listeners to come in and and really just take the time to reflect on themselves and 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 again just peel back those layers. Um, Let's see, we're gonna do some fun Q and A here before we wrap up, just so that we can get to know you a little bit. Oh, and before we do that, I wanted you to know I did read your post on Instagram that says I'm leaving Instagram. (laughs) And I just like, I felt like, well, the way you did it was very you. Like, I don't, we don't know each other. This is the first time that we're face to face. And I I felt like I was able to understand a little bit more of who you were in your post, which made your post. So like, it's almost great that you still have your account up Mm
1: -hmm. because then
0: it's like this, falls in line with what she's teaching, I would want to reach out to you to learn Mm -hmm. more about what you do in this space. So Mm -hmm. that was, um, bravo to you on that. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, what are you currently reading or listening to?
1: So, I am. I just finished watching the Elvis movie on HBO Max and it was Ooh. incredible. I love it. So, that was my recent watch. I'm also super pumped because Ted Lasso season three comes out tomorrow. We're recording this March 14th. So, March 15th, Ted Lasso comes out. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I would say, music wise, I'm really into Sam Smith's recent album I don't Mm -hmm. like to listen to albums in full a lot but their album is just incredible I love it I'm very immersed in it book wise so I am on the mental health side I just finished reading Atlas of the Heart it's an incredible book I highly encourage anybody that hasn't read it to read it it's like breaks down emotions in a way that we can actually learn them without feeling like we're in our 20s 30s 40s 50s and should know this already it really mm-hmm. is an invitation to learn I also am I love to read kind of I would say trashy sounds judgmental but like the romance novels <laughs> where they're just sort of like the cheap beach read that's my nighttime mm-hmm. read so I'm rereading the Bridgerton series right now because I know that there's a new yeah. series coming out and I love the books I love reading through them so it's kind of my genre and gap right there
0: yes I love it I like that you answered it so fully. Usually I do. <laughs> This is the book I'm reading and that's it. Now yeah. I want to check everything out. Um, <laughs> um, if we were meaning in one year to pop a bottle of champagne, what would we be celebrating? I think the biggest
1: thing and kind of my goal this year, again, we all have shame and we all struggle with it. I am somebody that has a hard time With that that scarcity mindset and saying no to things, if an opportunity presents itself and it doesn't feel totally right, there's sort of that, if it's not a hell yes, it needs to be a no, Mm -hmm. my scarcity still struggles with that. And so I think, you know, maybe an invitation for both of us in a year to be able to say, I stopped saying yes to the things that weren't a full body yes. And really kind of leaning into that and being able to see that we were okay. We were our businesses were great personally, you know, we're great. We're doing good.
0: Yeah. I would toast to that for sure. All right. Well, Kira, where can we find you off social media? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what do you so my, <laughs> my website is adversityrising.com.
1: It's kind of the best place to go one-stop shop. I also post on YouTube once a week. I do have videos that go up for people. So kind of micro doses of important content. So people can definitely find me there. My next big thing, so coming up in this year, I focus on doing a lot of the big place that I partnership is, partner with is American Family Insurance. And we do these free programs for the community just to get people some access to resources. And so we can put some links down in the show notes for how to get in touch with the Dream Bank. They do these amazing free events from business development, health and yoga and fitness. And then a lot of the work like I do. So I have a series coming up with them all about self-love and then this fall we're going to be doing one on boundary setting and really thinking about boundaries in a much more in-depth kind of again that anti-band-aid movement way so it's kind of a way if people are like I like what you're doing I kind of want to immerse in something again low stakes in terms of cost but it is an investment of your time and your energy so it's kind of a way to show up for yourself and dip your toe in the water of going deeper and kind of breaking out of that performance
0: self I love it Things like that are so needed, especially for people who don't have access to resources. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Amazing. Well, Kira, thank you again so, so much for coming on and chatting and just pouring into our listeners and all the things. We are so happy that you were here. Thank you. I am beyond grateful to have you here on Celebration Pro Podcast. And I celebrate you for taking the step towards growth in your business. If you loved this episode, it would mean everything to me to hear from you by posting a review or sharing with someone you know would love it too. I'm wishing you a win today and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Until then, I'll be celebrating you. XO.